This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, when you're thinking about your retirement savings, you want to address what is the right mix so that you can live those retirement years as close to the lifestyle you had as possible. And so that could require you to take a look at the mix of investment ideas in order to reach that. Some new research showing that one important component could be deferred income annuities. Pleasure to be joined once again by Olivia Mitchell, Director of the Pension Research Council here at the Wharton School and as well Professor of Business Economics and Public Policy as well as Insurance and Risk Management. Olivia, always a pleasure to have you with us today. Thanks for your time and your insight. Delighted to be with you. Thank you. So part of the research here is also tied to something that you and I have talked about is the impact of people leaving their jobs before age 70, which obviously has an impact on the amount that they're going to get each month in their Social Security check. Absolutely correct. It is something that I think most Americans are very uninformed about. So why the focus on the deferred income annuities? Well, the one of the critical issues is that people fail to understand is what we call longevity risk, the possibility of outliving your assets in old age. And the real reason behind this shortcoming is that people have a pretty good idea of their life expectancy. That is, on average, how many years they'll have left. But what really matters is what we call the tail of the distribution, the chances of living a very long time. And the only product that can help protect against outliving your assets are what we call lifetime income annuities. And deferred annuities are a special case of those. And so the the, the potential benefit that they would provide people uh, really is to be able to, in many cases, fill in some of the gaps there, correct? Absolutely correct. Now, um, we have done some research in the past trying to figure out how much people really understand about their chances of living to a a very old age. And um, they're woefully underinformed. So, for example, um, people tend to underestimate their chances quite substantially. And the context in which we presented this to folks was in an online survey or actually a telephone survey where we said, okay, um, imagine you're supposed to provide advice to a hypothetical Mrs. Smith or Mr. Smith. And um, the control group got no additional information. They just provided some advice. One group got life expectancy information. So Mm -hmm. we said, please note an American woman age 65 will survive 20.6 more years on average. And this is factual. And then the other treatment got longevity information. We said, please note that 33% of Americans age 65 will survive to the age of 90 or more. And that longevity information turns out really to change the way people think. Um, Life expectancy information does not. So the punchline is that if you understand the risk of outliving your assets, you're going to be much more likely to save more, which is a good idea, and purchase income insurance, which is the annuity that we're referring to. And you mentioned, uh, I guess, also there's an element of this that could tie back into the passage of the SECURE Act as well, correct? 
absolutely right. The SECURE Act, well, especially SECURE 2.0, which is the bill that was passed by Congress at the end of 2022, encourages employers to now include lifetime income payments as a payout vehicle in a 401k plan. So for many people, and the way I like to think about it is they're trying to put the pension back in 401k plans, which is something that 401k plans in the past did not emphasize. They emphasized saving, investment, and then you could take your money and do what you wished with it at retirement. Putting lifetime income payments in, I think, is a benefit, particularly for people who will live a very long time. But there is, uh, you know, you do have to have a focus to a degree on the potential uh, uh, risk that would be around an equity investment tied to your uh, retirement savings as well, correct? Well, uh, under current law, employers are allowed to put deferred annuities, that is annuities that don't start paying, say, until age 75 or 80 or 85, um, into a retirement plan, but those under current law have to be fixed payout annuities. They're not allowed to invest in underlying risky assets. In the study that I did most recently with my two colleagues in Germany, what we showed is that especially better educated people would do, i.e. higher income people, would do better with a certain percent of equity in a variable annuity. Now, I hasten to add, these are not currently allowed under present law, but they could be quite beneficial. Is there a movement then to try and look and see if there's a way to to be able to uh, to bring forward variable the variable option uh, through Congress and and, and have it uh, as a component of retirement savings? Well, Congress has been, for all its complexity, very interested in making retirement income provisions more secure and more um, it's it's pretty much a bipartisan issue, which is welcome. So I think that may well be part of the plan, um, and certainly it's possible in other countries. In Germany, for example, it's possible to buy a target date fund as part of your payout, where a portion of your target date asset would be held in equity. So it's it's certainly doable. Do you know how much, roughly, uh, the component of having a variable annuity uh, in the mix could uh, help out a, a, a person with their retirement savings? Well, so we compared in our study um, the benefit of having access to a variable versus a fixed annuity in the retirement plan. And by the way, I should hasten to add that we don't believe that it makes sense to force people to put 100% of their defined contribution right. or 401k nest egg in, in annuities. Most people would do well by putting somewhere between, say, 10 and 15%. So that's just a portion of the money, and I think that ought to take away some of the hesitance that people have around annuitizing their their income. But basically, um, the, we when we compare a variable versus a fixed annuity, um, and the variable annuity being basically a target date sort of uh, option, um, people would be substantially better off. And so that's, yeah. um, you know, a, a something in their favor. 
you you and I had talked in the past about the the issue around social security and 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 taking your distribution uh, early before earlier before age seventy. Have you seen kind of the the pattern when where it is headed right now? Are people waiting a little bit longer to go and start that uh, social security benefit, or is it still you know something that is is happening a little bit earlier? Well, the fact is, and this is important for everybody to know, that if you defer your Social Security benefits from age 62 to 70, your benefits, once you actually start taking them, go up 76% for the rest of your life. So Social Security is, of course, an annuity as well. It's a lifetime income payment. It continues as long as you're alive. And so waiting could well be financially appealing to many, potentially even more appealing than buying an annuity on the retail market. Um, But we have to pay attention to the structure of Social Security. It provides higher benefits proportionately to lifetime low earners. And also some groups, particularly the least educated, have shorter lifespans than the better educated, the higher paid. So it's, uh, there's a nuance in here, which is that you, if you compare, for example, stopping work at 66 and buying yourself a deferred annuity um, and uh, claiming at 66 – or sorry, delaying claiming at age 66 is 67 – and using your 401k money to live on during that extra year. The advantages of those two strategies differ substantially across people. So the better educated prefer the deferred annuity and claiming now. Part of the reason is Social Security benefits are capped and taxed for higher income people. But um, the lower educated folks get a much better deal from Social Security and so they would do better by um, taking advantage of the higher Social Security benefit earlier. I'll finish up on this because the, the report also notes that when you're thinking about uh, the amount that you need to save, there are a variety of different factors in play as well. Things like education. Uh, you mentioned the, the, the deferral age. Even yeah. gender the factor in yeah. to all of this kind of formula in terms of how much you're going to need to kind of live that same lifestyle. Absolutely right. And what I think financial advisors should pay attention to is the fact that different. there's not a one-size-fit-all approach that different people may find it beneficial to bridge using private assets to a later claiming age. But um, middle income and higher paid people that tend to live longer would find deferred annuities much more attractive. And it's interesting that in the U.S. over the last two years, the uh, sale of deferred income annuities has tripled. So it does seem like there's some... um, increasing awareness. Of course, having higher interest rates also makes it more appealing because those annuities are paying more. All right. Olivia, great to talk to you again as always. Thanks very much for your time. Much appreciated. Take care. You got it. Olivia Mitchell, Director of the Pension Research Council here at the Wharton School, also Professor of Business Economics and Public Policy and Insurance and Risk Management. To explore more content from the Wharton School, visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.